Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello and good evening, and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I'm Katie Tyler, and with me, I've got Kat Lanaway, who is a good friend and a colleague, uh, or ex-colleague, but we are still working remotely with each other, I know. Um, she is a teacher, uh, teacher in charge of sociology and an assistant head of sixth form. Hello and good evening. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, I'm super, super excited because obviously it's a bit of a loaded question interview discussion today because <laughs> obviously I know some of the answers already, but um, I thought it was really important to just really share your story. And today we're going to be looking at um, career break breaks for teachers. And I know that obviously I know your story, but I think it's really important to share with other teachers your story and, you know, anyone that's maybe considering to have a career break or people who have just come back from a career break. And I think your story is one of, I suppose, optimism and I don't know, it's just, it's a really nice heartwarming story, really. So first of all, tell us a little bit about your career break and um, when did that happen and what prompted it? Uh, okay, so I, my career break started in 2012 when I was pregnant with my first child and I always decided I was going to take a couple of years out to have my children uh, but that felt they I feel pregnant quite close together uh, there's only 14 months between my two and then I took about well, I, I, I planned to take five years out but I actually took a bit less because someone I knew was um, actually <laughs> pregnant with her first child and needed my third cover <laughs> Yeah, so you obviously had sort of the five the five year period sort of career break roughly for for both your children, and obviously I sort of tapped you up and said, "Hey, do you fancy coming out and and swapping over?" Um, obviously, that was sort of like a a sort of forced prompted return to work. How did you feel about that? Because obviously, I was sort of messaging you and your and your mum actually, to be honest, um, about that. But how did you feel about coming out of that career break? Uh, it was a bit daunting really I think I think I'd already told myself I was just going to have five years out and then I would maybe think about going back to work or do something completely different um as other people may know being a teacher and a mum is quite a difficult juggle especially to young children but uh, once you contacted me I was actually really quite excited about it I just couldn't really figure out how it was going to work so that was the key thing for me, trying to make sure I can make it work logistically for the school and also for my family. Mm. So if we take you back, was it 2015, I think it was? Was 2015, it 2015? Yeah. Obviously, you know, thinking about the logistics and without going into super different detail, and obviously different people will have different reasons for having that career break. It won't always be for for children. Um, it might be lots of other reasons, you know, people going for sabbaticals, et cetera, et cetera. But what sort of things did you feel like you needed in place in order to make that transition from having that sort of five years at home into coming back into teaching? Um, I just think really um, I needed to mentally prepare myself. I think that's the biggest thing. I think I turned off and put that chapter of being a teacher on the shelf if you like for a few years but actually having to get it out again and dust it off I was like oh uh, I actually need to make sure I know what sociology is all about again and not like I'd ever forgotten because I'm a born sociology lover like you but uh, I just wanted to make sure that I was on top form and that always is, doesn't always happen when you've got young children so it was quite it was quite difficult but it was something I was really excited about doing as well 
Mm, so again, yeah, excitement. And um, with sort of going back into the sort of classroom, obviously the first, first sort of obviously year, couple of years, and obviously you said it's like being mentally prepared for getting back into the teaching, you're excited for it. What might be some, and it wasn't necessarily your reservations, it might be, might have been some of your reservations, but it also could be lots of people's reservations, having five years out of the curriculum, obviously we've had exam changes and things like that. What were sort of, first of all, what, your, what were your anticipated worries versus your real concerns when you got into the classroom? So sort of what you'd imagine was gonna be the challenges and then versus the real challenges there were. I think the things I really worried about was whether I'd able be be able to fill the person's shoes who was leaving, uh, because um, <laughs> you obviously know her very well. Uh, but you know, I mean, you're you're brilliant at what you do, and all all the kids love you, and you're just a sociology expert. And I always and you always inspired me anyway. So I was always worried about uh, whether I'd be able to do the job as good as you. But one of the things I really found challenging when I went into the classroom was how different it had changed. I'd obviously left and I was, you know, getting outstandings in my observations. And I went into the classroom for the first time after having my two children and I didn't get an outstanding and I couldn't understand why. And I didn't realise that part of Ofsted inspections and uh, observations had changed. So I found that quite daunting. I felt like I was a brand new teacher again and I had anxiety and nerves and I didn't really know where I was going wrong because I was doing exactly what I was doing beforehand but actually it just wasn't going my way so it's only really after that did I ask for a mentor at the school and someone who sat down and said to me you know it's it's just it's not that anymore it's this but until I asked for that I didn't really know so that was the biggest challenge I think for me yeah, I mean, obviously, thank you for your kind words. And obviously, that sounds like I've just got you on here just to, to go, oh, you know, but actually, it wasn't that. It was more the sort of story that came before that. So obviously, I feel exactly the same about you and, and your sort of professionalism. But actually, like you said, the sort of key bit I sort of, sort of want to delve into is the idea that teaching is something that rapidly changes. I know I personally felt the same, even from both my sort of maternity leaves in those sort of I came I didn't necessarily have a sort of career break as such but I did by having children and I sort of had the the, the nine months with my first child and then I had um 12 months and I hear what you're saying it's things that even in that short period of time things have changed so much and sort of the criteria around Ofsted I know that for me when I left was the 2016 spec changes um and so that's a huge thing that sort of anxiety around the expectations of what Ofsted want uh, what you know maybe exams want I remember sort of thinking what does this methods in context question really want from me and all those sort of things and like you said you've got a mentor to sort of to sort of coach you through that that you found really helpful and I think it's something great in that is sometimes we're worried about looking vulnerable um is that right in saying that that I mean I don't want to sort of shape your own experience and go well this is what I felt I know I personally felt vulnerable did you feel vulnerable in that situation oh, asking for help yeah 100% 100% I think when it initially started I sort of didn't get a very good mark on my observation and then they said oh well we'll come in and see you again perhaps it was one off and then the same thing happened and then I was like well something's not right here I don't know what it is I, I need to someone to show me but I did really feel very vulnerable it took me right back to those first few days of teaching when I first started when I first graduated it's the anxiety of oh I've, I've messed up I've let people down I'm not doing a very good job but I knew 
I know I knew my stuff and I knew my content, but there was just a huge change that has shifted in that short space of time. And it meant that I was right back to being a newbie. Mm. No, I hear that. And I know, I know that's how you felt. We know we've worked, we've spoken about this a lot, hence the reason we want to talk to you today. Um, and I think that's the nature of teaching, isn't it? That, as I said, the, 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 the whole pedagogy around it changes. And I joked the other day that I feel like I'm a little bit back, we're back in fashion again, because the things that we sort of started out teaching are now back in fashion, but it is something that changes, always involves. And let's go back to what you said at the beginning, that's quite exciting. Um, imagine if, and I know we're gonna take you to sort of present day, um, but imagine if the, the experiences that you had back in 2016, didn't happen that feeling of anxiety about coming back and sort of getting a, um, a mentor and sort of that sort of journey you've taken imagine it didn't happen and you didn't have the sort of career break and you just carried on i suppose it's sort of a question to think about what type of teacher do you think you would have been without doing that really what sort of what would have been the difference do you think i know it's a bit of a strange question to think about but um what do you i suppose i suppose what i'm getting at is what is, what have you either gained or maybe lost or benefited from having those experiences you know from that reflective experience i think i really gained a lot from that experience although it was absolutely awful to go through it really pushed me out of my comfort zone and it made me actually realize i've got to take control of this i've got to be the one that stands up and says i need help rather than sometimes we all take the easy option sometimes of keeping quiet and just you know Oh, well, because we're all so busy, we don't have time. But it's making sure you've got that time to realise, you know what, it's not right. And I don't want to be that person that lets people down. I do want people to see the best I can be because I know I can be good. So mm. I think I learned, I learned a lot from that experience. And those type of things have really pushed me. They continue to push me out of my comfort zone. I always take myself back to how it felt back then. And I think, especially when I'm mentoring trainee teachers now I think to myself I know exactly how it feels like to be in your situation and I can take myself back there so it helps me educate them and mentor them better mm. yeah and that's what I was thinking I think sometimes those stories those moments in either your teaching practice or those feelings of being vulnerable can you know, if that didn't happen I wonder what our teaching practice would look like or our you know, subject knowledge and like you said it's taken you out of that comfort zone but that was sort of potentially sort of made you the person that you are today and, and such a resilient and so uh, knowledgeable teacher um yeah just for thinking about that today, i think i wonder what would have happened if that didn't happen if that moment didn't happen and i was thinking about that mys myself um I mean, I, can, I, think, I know you know that I also, when I came back over maternity, I got a mentor within the school as well, because um, I just thought I couldn't teach anymore. I literally remember, I remember ringing my um, colleague up and going, oh, I, I want to leave teaching. And they were like, what? And I was like, yeah, I think I just had, I think I had my first child who was only like six months old. And I said, I just want to leave teaching. They went, right, Katie, go home, like wherever you are, bring me back in like six months time, of course, you don't want to come back into teaching, you've just had a baby, you probably sleep deprived, and you haven't eaten much. Um, let's have that conversation then. And I think sometimes it's also having really sort of supportive colleagues around you that are willing to sort of like, almost coach you out of that because you feel like, I can't I can't do this. I, I can't yeah. even get out of the house yeah. at, by lunchtime, let alone, yeah. um, you know, and then and it's not just it's not just females that feel like this. I know that 
you know, with equality, you know, and the changes in work life patterns that men can feel like this as well. And people that adopt as well, it's not just something exclusive to, to mums, but I know I definitely had that feeling of how I want to get back in the classroom, um, how I'm going to teach in front of 20, 30 children. And I can't even like wash my hair. Do you mean? And I yeah, no, no, a hundred percent. Even even the first day, my first day going back, it was how am I going to juggle getting myself ready and dealing with my children who are they were like just one was two and one was just like I think they turned three and I think oh I don't actually know how I'm going to do that. That's going to be a challenge. And what am I going to do? Do I? What if it happens if I've got a meeting after work? And it's just things like that that. You have to adapt and that's the same with any parent who goes back to work in any situation i understand that but i think it, for, for me for teaching it was a real challenge and it was only because i asked for help and the wonderful support i got from my colleagues at the school that able to keep me going because i think if mm -hmm. i had been left i would have just probably sunk and i just thought you know what i can't do it mm -hmm. and and it was i think in some ways the school wasn't actually very welcoming with helping me it was only when I asked for it it wasn't offered mm. and I think that's true for all, all environments I think sometimes um when we're no one no one was going to go would you want help unless you ask for it sometimes because everyone's so busy whether whatever institution you're working in and whatever um even, even within within not education something in the probably in the public sense so I think sometimes everyone's so busy doing their stuff and if you're sort of quite good at sort of managing but you don't sort of say actually I would like help. I think sometimes it's just actually saying, oh, by the way, can I have some help? So the sort of two takeaways yeah. I took from that was, you know, actually that vulnerability has made you the teacher that you are today, but at the same time, it's also asking for that help and not being worried about asking for that because actually the support is there if you if you ask for it. It's just some people yeah. don't always realise because everyone's just so busy. Um, and even though we're in a care and profession like teaching, we're, we're caring about lots of things and multitasking all the time. So, um, students, so take, let's take, let's go forward. We're now in uh, 2022. If I feel like we've went into a bit of a, what's the word, a sort of twilight zone, obviously during COVID. Um, obviously, take me to 2022. Tell me about where you are now and how you've got there, really. Uh, so, I'm working in a school in uh, East London and uh it's the school i was at before i was at school where i met you uh this was the school i was at when i was pregnant with my child with my first child and um i there was an opportunity that came up and i was i really loved my experience there and i was just said to myself i wonder if there'll be another job that comes up there whether i should go for it and that funny day it did the job had come up at that school so i went for it and it was a teacher in charge of sociology and i was a bit not really sure if I was able to do the job. It was a big risk because obviously I'd always worked so closely under your guidance and then stepping out of that, it was a bit scary because I thought this is going to be my responsibility. There's no one to fall back on or no one's going to have my back in that sense. So that was quite scary. Uh, and then, yeah, luckily I, I got the job. And then two weeks after I started working there, there. Was, it, was it lucky? Was it lucky? What, what do you mean? Well, was it a luck that you got your job? And I challenge you on the word luck. Oh, uh, well, I think so, yeah. I mean, there was five other people that went for it. I I'd say that's quite lucky I got it. But you also so had the maybe skills. Maybe you're going to say I had the skills, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, two weeks after I started working there, uh, 
a job came up for deputy head of sick form so I went for it and I got that too okay and was that luck <laughs> uh no I was skilled for it there we go and so <laughs> thinking about that person in 2016 to the person in 2022 what would you say to that person in the 2022 person would say to the person in 2016 I think I'd say to myself always believe that um you can do anything you put your mind to and don't let a few setbacks in your career affect the long, like the bigger picture, because mm -hmm. all of us as teachers, we have so much going on in all our lives every day. And we have to basically pretend to be an actor on that stage in the classroom. And you can't let your emotions get involved in it. And there's been so often where you just you've had a bad day, the kids have kept you up or whatever it might be. But to always just persevere, I think that's the biggest thing I tell myself. I'd say just always believe in yourself and keep going. There we go. Because I think, yeah, I think it's such a two. When I think of the two sort of experiences, 2016 versus 2022 and how far you've come um, and how sort of you've grown as a, as, a, as a teacher, as a professional, has been so great. Um, and I think it's all those sort of sitting on the outside. It's all those things where you've, you've taken the, sort of the support you believed in yourself and actually taken some risks as well and actually those risks have paid off. Um, to sort of to summarise all of this and to sort of keep on with the positivity and sort of focusing on the current moment, what what's uh, what piece of advice, first of all, could you give anyone that's sort of maybe in this position that's either come back from maternity leave or paternity leave or someone that's about to go or people have had a career break for whatever reason? Is there any sort of golden nuggets of advice you'd give them? First thing first, if you're about to go maternity leave, just put work to the side, enjoy the time you've got with your children because they're only little ones. Have a, whatever time you've decided to take off, enjoy that time. But once it gets to a point where you decide you want to go back to teaching, um, think about uh, wherever you apply to the school, just ask right from the start, can I have someone who will go through the basics of my syllabus or is there someone who can tell me how offices change if it has just maybe flag up straight away a go-to person who you can ask that those questions to because if you don't ask you don't get and teaching is such a busy place it's 100 miles an hour from the minute you start to the minute you end so if you've got that go-to person there you can always call on them and say oh I've got my first learning walk today uh, I was going to do this, 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 what do you think? Or they can come in and give you advice. So I think it's always important to have that person straight away. Excellent. Yeah, definitely. I'd definitely say that's the case. And I think just thinking back is just thinking, actually, each day as it comes, like, I think we all, we all have things that we can take from each day. And sometimes we're worrying about things that happen in the future. And actually, that never really happens. I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, this like how I'm going to get through tags. I'm still feel a bit triggered by that. Um, but you just oh, do, don't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> tags, yeah. Yeah. Especially when I think we've worked it out of memory. Especially when you think these kids are coming up to year 13 now. Yeah, definitely. And I think all those sort of things. Yeah. And I think as well, I think like one bit of advice I, I got once when I was teaching was thinking to myself, you know, strategies and, and policies and governmental changes will always happen in teaching at the core of it. And I think something that um, our guest last week was talking about, a guy called Stephen Joel, and he was basically saying that at the core of it, are you doing what's best by the students? I think he said, are they getting the best deal? Um, and always come back to that. 
because ultimately we know that the growth the what's the word of looking the the goalpost potentially may or may not change what whatever the expectation of that particular government is but you know if look at that child that's in front of you imagine they're your son or your daughter or your niece or your nephew are they getting the best deal and i think if if that's sort of at the back of your sort of mind all the time then you can't really go wrong can you and and yeah. you know yeah and working i think with people it's yeah, it's just important to be the best version of yourself you can be and yeah. to realise that, and I think it's really important to recognise that we're only human and sometimes, like you say, things don't go to plan and you can be a, an outstanding teacher one day and then something goes wrong the next. It's just It just happens, that's life. But to not let those things define you as a person, I think it's really important to learn from those experiences and think well what can i do better next time so you know where to put where to go right rather than stay wrong excellent well thank you for sharing your time today and i'm looking to sort of keeping in touch with you. i know we're not working together anymore uh, but i know we do lots of things um via zoom and, and so on um it'd be just really sort of great to find where, where you're going next and sort of you're following your journey really but thank you some really great advice because i'm sure there's lots of people within the teaching profession that are thinking about sort of career breaks and changes and sort of potentially people that come back from maternity leave right now so thank you for your time and obviously enjoy the festive period i hope you rest and relax i'm sure you will do and um yeah i'm sure we'll keep in touch thank you oh 100 thanks for having me that's all right you take care cat thank you bye-bye bye the sociology staff room is brought to you by tutor to you sociology Find us at tutortoyou.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutortoyousoc or Instagram at tutortoyousoc. You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.